Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal self-sabotage so you can double your income, reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now, and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. My guest today is Holly Evenly, a transformational wealth coach, speaker, and writer who helps her clients rewire their long-held beliefs about their potential for success and wealth. In the past, Holly focused mainly on empowering their feminine energy and she's now transitioning into the new energy of money and in particular cryptocurrency. Holly is a trusted guide in helping you heal your financial foundations align your values with your wealth and shattering your money ceiling so you can reach a higher level of success than you have ever imagined. In this conversation, Holly shares how you can stop working harder and longer, create your own economy, how to get a life full of yes and, and how to receive wealth through so much more than your income. This is a very juicy interview, so let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, Holly. I'm so excited to have you here and this conversation with you, which I'm sure is going to blow people's minds. But first, can you tell us a bit more about you, your story, and how you came to do this work? Yes. I call myself a transformational wealth coach because the work that I do is all about the transformation and people who work with me tend to make a lot more money. So it made sense to say that. The way that the transformation part came about though is very interesting. I was an atheist until I was in my mid thirties and then I went to Egypt for the very first time. And while I was in Egypt, I like to say that spirit, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, hit me upside the head and told me that I had a soul and I would never die. And the thing about that was so profound because I had been having panic attacks around death my whole life. Ever since I was 10 years old, I went to my father and I said, what happens when you die? And he said, you go in the ground and the worms eat you. And I thought that was a terrible thing to say to a child. And then it caused these panic attacks. And that lasted until this one moment in Egypt where all of a sudden it was like the light bulb came on and everything changed. So I became this deeply spiritual person. I started leading spiritual tours around the world. And eventually that led to my coaching. And I've been a coach now for eight years and moved into the transformational wealth space when I saw how much more money women were making when I was working with them. And I have a deep desire to help women make more money. So I have that kind of combination. So that's sort of how everything came about and how I came to this moment right now where I'm with you today. I love the work that I get to do. I love being able to help women. And I still do lead tours around the world. Well, that's an incredible story. Thank you for sharing with us. And it really goes to show 
what a big impact something that our parents see, something that we hear in childhood can have in our life until something happens to address that. And I think it's a beautiful introduction to talk about money and the limiting beliefs that we do have because the things that we hear from our parents, from our family, our teachers, friends, they really have an impact on our beliefs about money, about our money story. And then we grow up and we are stuck in this pattern of never having enough money, always being in debt or always putting everyone else's first, whatever that is for you, that you find yourself in this circle growing up and you don't even know how or why, but it all comes back from childhood, right? So what are the most common limiting beliefs that you see are holding women back when it comes to money and making them money deserve? You mentioned a lot of them. So I think that every single one of those behaviors and the modeling that we do from our parents cause a lot of that. However, I also think that there is this story that women don't have a birthright of money. You look like you are too young to know this, but it was in the United States anyway, it was 1974 before a woman could have her own mortgage, her own credit cards, or her own bank account that were not co-signed by her husband or her daddy. And that is not even 50 years ago. So there are a lot of women, if you're a younger woman, it was your mom and certainly your grandmother, your great grandmother, and going back all these generations where women really had to ask permission to have any money of their own. You know, and, and I believe it was the 13th century in England, there was something called coverature. And coverature said that in when people got married, that one person covered the other person. Well, guess who ended up on top? So the woman's property began to belong to the man. The woman belonged to the man. And in fact, if the man was, for example, an alcoholic and was down at the pub all the time and ran up all these debts or was a gambler and ran up all these debts, you could actually go to the woman and say, you have to pay your husband's debts. And she had to. And that was the life that women had, even when they supposedly were not enslaved in very specifically, they were still living a life that was in essence of servitude, where they didn't really have anything that they didn't own. They weren't able to own things of, on their own. So I feel like that is the legacy that we're coming to. And if you don't, if you believe in past lives, then, you know, you're dealing with, you're working out a lot of stuff from previous lifetimes. But even if you don't, there are legacy generational legacy stories that I think we've really kind of come up through the last multiple centuries with that weigh very heavily on our modern ways. And so I think that those are affecting us as much or more as our limiting money beliefs that we got from our childhood. But you're certainly absolutely right. There's a tendency to really embrace the way that our parents modeled for us. So sometimes their words would be everything is fine, but then they would be fighting about money or they would act in their own ways of experiencing scarcity. And most of the time I found that people don't act on what they heard. They act on what was modeled for them. They act on what they saw and their parents were huge influences in that regard. So I feel like we're all carrying around these money stories until we're not. I relate to that a lot 
growing up, my dad was the breadwinner. My mom was the housewife. She never had her own money. She was managing what my dad brought home for the expenses of the family. And then when I grew up, that's what I saw, right? I saw the man making the decisions, the wife just managing what she was given. But then I grew up and I was expected to learn how to manage my money. But no one had ever even thought of teaching me how to do that. Women really are in the state of childhood when it comes to money because we are not taught how to handle it. And it's so much easier to look for a man that can do that for you when actually we are really capable of making, handling, managing, growing our own money. So do you have any tips, suggestions how we can take responsibilities when it comes to money and learn how to handle it, how to break down mm-hmm. The first thing is to acknowledge, as you just have, that it is not me as a a young person having missed out. A lot of women tend to act like they were standing behind the door the day that the education was given on money. But the truth is, nobody got it. And while men were taught by modeling, we didn't experience education in schools about our finances. And then women tended, at least certainly while I was growing up, going to school and then to university, but I think it still happens a lot these days that women are not steered toward financial careers as much as men. Although that absolutely is beginning to change. And a lot of it is systemic, but I find advocates, male advocates, not just female advocates all over the place. So I think if you look, that education is there and there aren't, with exceptions, obviously on a personal basis, there aren't people who are deliberately saying anymore, no, it's not okay for women to get educated about money. My father said to me, it is as easy to marry a rich man as it is to marry a poor man. That was his big advice as I was going off to college. <laughs> and and he meant well. He thought he was doing the right thing. So I feel like the first thing is to just be aware you are not your student education. We can all become lifelong learners. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you are that type of person. So it's perfectly okay to go out and get educated about money, to get educated about what's possible for you with your money. And the second thing is to be aware that you are also not the education that you did get, which was the limiting beliefs from your parents or the modeling from them or from other people in your childhood to separate that out and to really ask yourself from a place of wanting to get clarity only, not from a place of judgment. What do I want? What are the dreams that I have for myself that involve money? And what is it that I am okay now allowing in, right? Because at whatever age you're at, you can make a change today. Uh, The expression is your present moment is your only point of power. So it doesn't really matter what happened up until now that happened. And now you can make a different decision. But I like to say you want to make a definite decision and say today forward, things are going to be different. I choose to get an education. I choose to begin saving money. Saving money is a very difficult habit to get into if it's not something that you've done your whole life. 
But once you do it, it is something that you can not only establish, but then simply continue as a very simple habit. And once you start, then you can take that money and say, all right, well, now where am I going to invest it? There, there's so much we can all see that inflation has been crazy over the last couple of years that our money is simply not worth what it was. And that is continuing. You used to be able to buy that $15 sandwich for a nickel. What do you think that's going to be like in another 20 years or 100 years when your kids or your grandkids are going to, to need money? So there's no time like the present and you want to start making those changes today, but it doesn't have to be big changes. It can just be an incremental change, like starting a savings account or saying, I'm going to stop hoarding my savings and I'm going to put of that into investments because these are things that you can get educated about. And then the last thing is continue to get that education I have a podcast called Goddess of Crypto, and it is by women for women. And it educates women about the basics about money, the basics about what's going on with what I call the new energy of money, which is cryptocurrency and blockchain. I study it a lot, but I didn't know anything about it a few years ago. I was investing in my first Bitcoin before I had the first clue about anything other than, hey, this is a new thing and this is a new opportunity and I love new opportunities. Let me see what this is like. And I've ridden the market up and ridden the market back down and it's definitely a roller coaster, but mostly like everything with money, it comes down to what's your mindset. And if your mindset is, I can, I'm choosing to, let me get involved. A lot of women I feel like say, oh, that doesn't belong to me. Oh, that's not for me. Oh, I don't understand that. And so I can. And that's not true. That's where our beliefs get in our way. So just getting a little bit of education is going to make a huge difference in how comfortable you feel and how you're able to show up around money going forward. I like to say money wants to be your friend. So how are you treating your money? Are you treating your money like it's something that you like, something that you love? Are you being kind to it? Are you enjoying spending time with it? Or are you acting like it's your mean landlord or somebody that doesn't like you or your boyfriend that cheats on you all the time? If you're acting like money is one of those things, chances are you don't have a good relationship with it. So those are some good tools to use to start to really shift your beliefs. Thank you for sharing that. There's so much of value there. I think the thing that's stuck to me is when you're saying that women really are not used to desire. We all have desires, right? About the life that we want, financial abundance, when we want to travel, and yet we were the first to believe it's not possible for us. That, that is possible for someone else, but it's not possible for us that we are not worthy of having that. And so we shut down from the beginning the, the possibility. We don't even see the possibilities there. So how can we start creating a mindset of, Yes, I can have that. That is possible for me. And that's my birthright to have that. So many of us were raised with the idea that there's no I in team. That's a very American expression. But it means that as a woman, we were told, put everybody else first. 
put yourself last. Your family comes first. Your husband comes first. Trying to fit a little tiny space for yourself at the end of the very long to-do list. And that's not fair. One of the earliest clients that I had, I said to her, can you put yourself first? And she said, I really can't. I wasn't raised that way. That feels wrong to me. There's a lot of guilt associated with it. I feel really uncomfortable. So we came up with this wonderful technique that I've been using like forever since then. Think of yourself as tending a garden. If you go and pull all the weeds up of your neighbor's gardens and you water your neighbor's gardens, you don't do anything in your own garden, what's going to happen? Your plants are going to die. But if you will go and tend to your own garden first, you will have more harvest to share with everyone else. In fact, your garden would produce enough harvest to feed your neighbors as well as you or to feed your family as well as you. So when you think about, is it selfish for me to put myself first? Don't think of it in those terms. Think of it in the sense of if I tend my own garden first, I will have more harvest to share with others. So that's a great way to reframe that. And then the other thing is when it comes to wanting to make better choices going forward with our money or our what we're doing with our financial abundance or our wealth in every area. There's wealth of health, there's wealth of relationships, wealth of love, but it's not just about money. It's all interconnected. Women have a tendency to believe that we are going to have to put ourselves last. But the truth is that a woman will reinvest 80 to 90 cents of every dollar that she makes back into what I call her village, her family and her local community. Men will reinvest 30 to 40 cents of every dollar that they make back into their local village. So the woman is actually going to be helping more people with her money inherently and statistically than the man will. Now, again, these are I'm I'm quoting statistics. I am not saying this is what every single person is doing personally, but just in general, the Dalai Lama said the world will be saved by the Western woman. And I have come to believe he did not mean women in general. He meant actual you, actual me, actual you, if you're listening to this podcast. And it's very important that you ask what am I doing to save my planet? What am I doing to save my planet with my money? And if you don't have any, you're not doing the work that you are being called to do right now as you are listening to this podcast. And this work doesn't have to be hard. In fact, this work can make things more easy for you because you've got to get off the struggle bus, as my best friend always says, And you have to choose instead to be in a place where you don't just have to worry about groceries or how you're going to pay for the next vacation or kids' college education. And then instead, once you get past that, you can start to ask, how can I create a more beautiful world? When we're worried about food, clothing, and shelter, we can't think in terms of art when art happened in the Renaissance, because artists had patrons, they weren't starving. 
they could just create whatever they wanted to create. And that's how we got this gorgeous art. You can become your own patron. You can become the person who is shoring up your own financial well-being so that you can free your mind from those basic worries and begin to ask the questions about what's possible in this beautiful Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at a snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of self-sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends, and my partner, they wouldn't love me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months. And my loved one didn't leave me. If you too are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and they're afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious, it's like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you're going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs 
and all stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you, so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial location and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today. Those frames. You often think in terms of either or, either I put myself first or I put someone else first. But actually, it's 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 about creating that win-win, right? That and both, so that everyone benefits all the time. And the more you add, the more you can give. Because as I say, when you are worried about paying the rent, you you cannot contribute the way that you want to contribute to others as well. And one other limiting belief is that my abundance must come through my work, but through my salary, through my paycheck. And so waiting for my employer to give me a raise. If you're an entrepreneur, waiting until the economy gets better, so I can start charging more because I can't do it now. I'm waiting for someone to give you permission to earn more money. We tend to limit our capacity to earn and receive abundance when we think that it has to come through a certain channel. So and you were talking before about crypto and the new energy of money. So what are some new ways and new possibilities for women to start receiving abundance? Well, for me, I feel like a little crypto education makes a big difference because I truly believe in the future of this new kind of money. And I believe that as we women get educated and choose to invest in at least Bitcoin. I don't want to recommend any other cryptocurrencies because there's a bunch of different cryptocurrencies and then there's Bitcoin and Bitcoin really stands on its own. We're at the point now where no one can stop Bitcoin and Bitcoin is a deflationary asset, not an inflationary asset. So it will be worth more over time. And when I say time, I mean, in the long run, I'm talking about 20 years from now, maybe longer, but it is clearly designed that way. And that is making a big difference. So I feel like if you were going to make any investments at all, I would say you want to invest in Bitcoin and certainly get invested in the education part where you can see why what I'm telling you is true. I don't ever want anybody to take my word for anything. I'm very careful about not saying, oh, invest in these cryptocurrencies and you'll become a multimillionaire. But I truly believe in the future of Bitcoin. And so I like to tell everyone about it and then say, go get educated. Again, you can listen to my Goddess of Crypto podcast, but there's a ton of information about Bitcoin. Just please don't give anybody else your money to invest. That's very important when it comes to crypto. It's designed for you to do it yourself. Self-custodial is what they call it. 
So that's one way that you can invest in your future. And then if you're stuck in a job that you're waiting for your, as you said, you're waiting for your boss to give you a raise or something like that. A lot of people have an entrepreneurial spirit. I know I do. And a lot of the women that I work with do. And so I always think, start a side hustle. What's the idea that's been knocking around in your brain where you're like, oh, I just think if I just did this, there are all these artificial intelligence tools that have just come out. I'm a huge fan of chat GPT, which is one of them. The one that maybe a lot of people have heard about already. And I go into chat GPT and I ask, what's a good idea for, what do I do with this idea? Or how can I create this idea? And it will literally just like it was your marketing assistant or your personal assistant, give you all the research results that you want immediately. And so it's a really good way of feeling like without any risk to you, you don't have to talk to another human being about it. You can talk to technology and technology will help you solve your problem. And I love that because I think that sometimes we just don't know who to ask or we don't know how to get the help or we don't know how to research it on the internet. And so I love the idea of asking artificial intelligence because it is literally researching the entire internet faster than we ever could and then giving us a really great answer. And then that, that can help us learn how to research more. So I would say get your ideas and, and recognize that your ideas have power and how can you implement those ideas so that you can make more money, so that you can make your impact. And then look for like-minded women. Look for women who are interested in expanding themselves. I was talking to a dear friend and client the other day, and she said, it's so wonderful to get to have these conversations with you because I don't have very many people in my circle. She mentioned one other woman that we're both friends with. And she said, you two are the only ones I can really talk to. I forget because I hang out with people, like the idea of hardcore leadership, right? I mean, I live inside of that world all the time. And so I forget that for a lot of women, we don't really have even a sounding board, but there are online communities where you can go to get, to start to talk to people who are going to be lifting you up instead of tearing you down. And if you are in a community right now, or you have friends or family who you say, Hey, I have this idea. And they go, that's a terrible idea. That won't work recognize that they're just trying to protect you. They don't want you to get hurt, but in doing so, they're also squashing your dreams. And so there are going to be other places or other people you can talk to. I usually find these people online inside of a Facebook community or a LinkedIn community where they do want to lift you up and they do want to support your idea. So let that happen. Let that unfold. It don't ask the people who are going to tell you no. Go find the people who are going to share your enthusiasm and who are going to tell you yes. Okay, it is a needs. Because when I started in my business, everyone thought that I was crazy. They wanted to protect me, but also when it comes to, again, being entrepreneurs, starting businesses, investing in crypto, these are things that most people never do. They are telling you it's not possible that you can lose because they don't know how to do it. Not because it is not possible, not because you can't, because they don't know how. And so they try to protect you. And so it's very important, as you said, to surround yourself with people that 
and actually doing it. I wanted to add to this because I think it's really important. I've been around the block. As, as we say in the, in the United States, this is not my first rodeo. And I got to come up. I was very young in business. My first company was a software company. And I started it with four other people that I was in a theater community with. We knew nothing about software, but software at that time, you know, CD-ROMs were a thing, which were like little tiny, shiny discs that went into your computer, like regular CDs or records. And I recognize that like all of that is now technology that is obsolete. But at the time, it was absolutely state of the art. I, I played on the first Macintosh computers that were out. And I learned, I produced the world's first interactive movies. And I learned while the industry was learning. So I was around when Amazon came out, when Starbucks and Apple were first um, being put out as public companies. And I got to see how much people resist change. I got to see people say things to Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon. Why would you buy a book online? And why would you call your book company Amazon? And I remember him saying, oh, we're going to sell much more than books. But you thought he was crazy because you didn't understand that that would be possible. The internet was so new, but the crypto market is the adoption is exactly mirroring the adoption of the internet. So right now, as far as cryptocurrency and as far as blockchain and the development of Web3, we are basically in 1995 and where in 1995 was where people all of a sudden started hearing, oh, there's this internet thing and some idiot in Seattle, which is where I was living at the time, has started selling books online. What an idiot he is, right? So I'm just, I have seen this pattern happen and I have seen how much we are against change. So if there are people telling you, like you just said, you're an idiot for trying to get out there or what are you doing or don't do that or that's a terrible idea, recognize that 20 years from now, we're going to look back and say that was really a brilliant thing and somebody else did it because you didn't do it. So go ahead and do your thing that sounds super crazy because change has to happen for growth to happen. Otherwise, we're all just going to sit and stagnate in our mud puddle in order to grow, in order to flourish, in order to thrive, we must get up out of the puddle, we must dry ourselves off, and we must walk forward into unknown territory. And that's very scary, but it's also very amazing. And when you get there and look back, it's incredible. I'm not saying you're going to turn into Amazon, but I am saying you've got to go against a bunch of people telling you how insane you are in order to be a success. I couldn't agree with that more. And as change is the only constant in life, right? As long as we don't like change, change is going to happen. So you can either be the instigator of the change and create the life that you want, or you can be swept off by that and bring somewhere that you don't like. Is there anything else that you would like to share something that you would like to mention that I haven't asked you yet before we wrap up. Trust yourself. That's something that I think, especially women 
but men too don't do enough of trust yourself, trust that you're in the right place at the right time. And part of the law of reciprocity says that which we seek is also seeking us. And this is a universal law. We're not going to rewrite this law. It's, it's permanent. When we have a desire for something, that thing is trying to get us to do it so that it can receive it whether that's a client looking to receive the kind of service that you offer or somebody needing the product that you have yet to invent, there is an opportunity there. And the fact that you have an idea means that there is already an audience for it. So it's very important that you trust yourself. And I work with so many people who are spiritually guided and who hear messages all the time from their own inner compass or inner guidance or angels or guardians or guides or any of that. And what I hear from most of them is, oh, yes, I hear what to do. I just don't listen. So that's the other thing. If you're getting that kind of internal guidance, listen, because it really wants to help you. That is a beautiful place to end. And for anyone that wants to connect with you, where can they find you? The best thing to do is to download the gift that I have for your audience today, which is the top 10 things women need to know about money. And there's actually a whole list there of the regular stuff that people mostly think you need to know about money, but none of them even made my top 10 list because my top 10 list is so powerful about choices that you can make to bring more money into your life. So I hope you will pick that up. That is at halleymoney.com, H-A-L-L-E, halleymoney.com. So that's the best way to get in touch is to grab that free gift I'm also on every social media platform and I think I'm the only Hallie Evelyn in the world. So it should be pretty easy to find me. Beautiful. We're going to put all the links in the show notes and that do encourage everyone to download it and get in touch with you because this work can be truly life-changing. So thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your wisdom. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much, Georgia. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you for listening to the Treasures Within podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you found even one small nugget here to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business, share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now.